Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. And this is episode 178 now, Rob. That's right, we've had a bit of a break again. Have we? Well, a few days. Not but too that, To be fair, that was because of you letting me down. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was work-related. I'm sorry, I know it doesn't often happen, listeners, but uh, uh, we'll make it up to you in the fact that we won't. So, anything, uh, any news? I don't know why you're asking me. I just thought no, I would. You, you, you're, you're con- you, you control the Facebook Twitter oh, yeah. account. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's no news. Right. Um, if you have any news, listeners, I mean, we've got no. I have to say, though, we've got a backlog, again, of listener stories. So, so maybe, do we need to do a listener special soon? Possibly. I might, see, I might dig a few out because we've had a good quality of stories coming in. Very good. What, from the usual suspects? Of course, of course. No, no, no new listeners, Alex. Don't be silly. Well, no, new listeners, but just no new listeners who are willing to submit a story. Good point, yeah. I don't know what people point. are afraid don't feel like this is a cabal you know like you have to be called Shay or Kyber or Steve or anybody else I haven't mentioned there are a lot of you but any of those people don't feel like you have to be one of those people we want any stories that you can find could it potentially be the fact that we tend to I say we I mean you tend to denigrate our listeners and also make spurious (laughs) accusations about their jobs oh what you mean that people don't want to submit stories because they don't want to be targeted by and slandered Uh, possibly yeah yeah uh, okay, any new listeners, I promise I will not make any spurious speculations about you, your family, or anything else. Um, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, Rob, I, you're suffering from a sore throat at the moment. I love the fact that you've got on the table Boots' own brand glycerin throat tap pastels. Because I love the fact they've called them glyph. Glycerin, you know, that is the pharmaceutical ingredient. Yeah, yeah. Just say what they are. Yeah, I mean, I like that. But I always get glycerin confused with nitroglycerin, and the two are very, very different, aren't they? Because I think nitroglycerin is, is highly um, explosive. Right, anyway. Okay, right, fine. I, I, I don't know, Rob. This isn't... Highly, expo- highly explosive throat shoes. Really yeah. goes off with a bang. <laughs> That's good. That'd be a good episode, right. but I think we're going to have a few more. Right, Rob, some brief updates. I'm not going to read this story because I can't be bothered, but I, you know I have to update. Actually, I've got a few Croydon Cat Killer updates. Oh, a couple. One is... That I, I, even I'm getting bored of it now. One is a thing I'm not going to read out, but we need to know from the new shopper, Jess Bell, about a week ago, maybe a bit longer, cat found beheaded in Mottingham becomes oh, third feline killed hell. this month. So it's still going on, Rob. That, the killer's I, still I, out there. I love cats, I really do, but I, I, I don't give a shit anymore. And also, you would if it happened to one of yours. Well, yeah, that's true. One of yours or yours? Have you got two? I have got two. I've got two. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. So Um, I've forgotten Nibbler. He's not really a. He's more like a. He's more like a coyote. (laughs) I like to think of him as um, my little panther because he's he's quite vicious and then you know won't really come to you if you try. But apart from that, I love him. Um, This story, I think, is from yesterday or the day before by Helen Corbett. New shopper, Croydon cat killer crusaders Snarl urged supporters to stop sending abusive messages to Ricky <laughs> to Ricky Gervais. What? Yeah. Try and work that out. Croydon cat killer crusaders Snarl urged supporters to stop sending abusive messages to Ricky Gervais. So I'm assuming that Ricky Gervais has waded into the Croydon cook. No. Oh. Ricky Gervais is a big animal lover. Yeah. Right? And the cat rescue team have made it their mission to hunt down the so-called Croydon cat killer who has killed and beheaded cats across South London have warned a few overzealous supporters to stop trolling comedian Ricky Gervais. In a post on their Facebook page last week, South Norwood Animal Rescue and Liberty, Snarl, requested people, that people stop leaving abusive posts on the comedian's Facebook page in reaction to him not sharing Snarl's posts. The post read, Mr Gervais is a celebrity who probably gets thousands of requests for help and shares every day. While we understand that people may be frustrated he hasn't noticed posts about the cat killer, we cannot condone this behaviour. So basically, people have been t- tweeting a foul abusive messages because he hasn't been sharing and, and promoting this whole Croydon cat killer so thing to raise people awareness. Are angry, uh, angry? Uh, angry that this, some, this small backwater charity 
hasn't been retweeted by possibly the most famous comedians in the world. Yeah, talking about Gervais, um, I, uh, I came across this the other day. I was watching. Um, I was watching something legally on American television, and uh, <laughs> and there was a. Was it like you, Alex? And that, and that, and there was a uh, a uh, an advert which had Ricky Gervais on it in America for Verizon. Oh, okay. And the reason why that immediately got my interest was because Ricky Gervais never does adverts, as you'll notice. No, I think he was quite famous for not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Verizon and and, and he does it for ethical... Absolute shit. Well, so, I looked, so I looked it up because he doesn't do adverts for, like, yeah, ethical reasons. And somebody had uh, tweeted Ricky Gervais and said, uh, I just saw you advertising for Verizon. Um, nice to see you still have integrity, you sell out. Something, <laughs> something along that. Nice, Okay. And Gervais basically replied back saying, I got three, this is true, apparently, $3.2 million for an hour's worth of work. Yeah, I could believe that. And he, I mean, said, maybe, talking... and he said, maybe maybe you think I didn't ask for it enough. We are talking about one of the US's largest mobile phone carriers. So yeah, yeah it's equivalent of Vodafone. $3.2 million for, an for an hour's work. work. I mean, I think that is obscene. I mean, some people pointed out that he, he give, apparently gives a lot of money to good causes, animal chairs and stuff, so maybe that's what he's used it for. But, but that not is, snow. But not, but not, but not exactly. Not snarl, you wanker. Um, Can I ask you a controversial? I, I bought the um, the US box set of The Office the other day, right. thirty pounds for every season, and I want to put it on record that I do think the US Office is significantly better than the UK Office. Why? I think the characters are better developed. I think, I think but that's because they had longer, maybe with it. Possibly, yeah. I think the the, the writing's sharper as well, and I think the, the characters the characters are more likable. Anyway, that's that's it. Just one of our record listeners. You may, you know, if you disagree, send me send me some uh, messages. Right, this is also from Josie Griffith from three days ago. We are recording on the tenth of May, two thousand and sixteen. For the fastidious amongst you, I've got a couple, two more stories, Rob, that aren't long, but they're kind of both related. The headline for New Shopper. Okay. I don't want your shit. Swanley mum's anger over garden repeatedly flooded with raw sewage. Oh, nice. A Swanley mum of one who regularly faces, in quotes, dangerous, stinky and disgusting raw sewage flooding her garden has slammed those in her street who flush nappy sanitary towels and lumps of fat down the toilet and sink. There's a few episode titles in that paragraph. I mean, quite graphic. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that, that story we had right at the beginning when we started these podcasts about the, uh, the fat balls? I mean, the fat bug. The fat bug that clogged it. up the... Uh, yeah, I, remember, I remember. I think that was in the headline, wasn't it? Yeah. Lulu Robertson, that is her name, yeah, was horrified to return home from a lovely day out with her five-year-old daughter on Monday afternoon to find a garden on her Mansway house full of poo. Nice. The 39-year-old believes the drains become blocked because some people in the cul-de-sac, not her direct neighbours, are flushing baby wipes and sanitary towels down their toilets as well, in, as, well as washing fat down their sinks. How does she know it was her neighbours? I'm guessing she doesn't want to start a neighbourly dispute. Maybe, yeah, yeah, good point. Mm. Miss Robertson, a business development manager, said it's an ongoing issue. It just blocks up and then we have a garden full of poo, which is not great when you have two dogs and a small child. It's dangerous, stinky and disgusting. Dogs love it. I just don't want that in my house. It's a smell as well. You can't have any of the windows open. I mean, Rob, can you just imagine this? I've been here just over two years. It's the third time it's happened. Poo all over the garden, up the trampoline. <laughs> it's a lovely mixture of toilet paper, raw sewage and sweet corn. Always sweet corn. Oh, is, that actually, is that a dry, direct quote? Yeah. Can we uh, repeat that quote? Because I think it's one of the best we've ever had. Poo all over the garden, up the trampoline. It's a lovely mixture of toilet paper, raw sewage, and sweet corn. Always sweet corn. Is the episode title that a lovely mixture of toilet paper, raw sewage, and sweet corn, comma, always, always sweet, sweet corn? corn. 
Um, I came home Monday and everyone was out of their homes. Originally, I thought my house was on fire. Then I realised it was the drains again. It was pouring out of my garden to my neighbour's garden. It's because we live at the top of a hill. It bellows up. I've got a manhole cover in my back garden. I don't know why, but the backup always gets in our garden. I'd like to highlight it. Tell people, I don't want your shit. She added, of those responsible for the blockages, it's people who've got no common sense. My direct neighbours know the consequences. It's other people in the street. Etc. Some... <laughs> Some comments, Rob. Okay. Uh, well, no, one comment, I believe. The fuzziest of bears, who I believe we've heard from yeah, before. Yeah, we have it before. Says, number one, lift manhole cover. Number two, place sheet of tough polythene across hole. Number three, replace manhole cover. Number four, place heavy object on manhole cover. Five, trim edges of polythene sheet right back to the cover. Number six, problem now passes to the next manhole down the line. <laughs> Simples. Genius. No. I, li- I like the fuzziest of bears. Last story, Rob, you remember me talking last week about my experiences as a child at a skip. Oh, fucking hell, that was brilliant. I mean, yeah, that's right. Listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back because... I mean, we are... When I say we are... The episode 177. I'm very concerned about Alex. Where he, his dad used to make, make him play on the tip um, and he used to go scavenging <laughs> and play in abandoned helicopter as well, apparently. This is also by Josie Griffith, who seems to be getting all Is this taking you back? Well. Is that the problem? Uh, no, no. New, new shopper a day ago. Stinking rat-infested waste-for-fuel rubbish mountain on fire again. <laughs> Stinking rat-infested waste-for-fuel rubbish mountain is a fucking good episode. And I think you'd have to have a a comma again. (laughs) The stinking rat-infested mountain of rubbish at waste-for-fuel was alight once again this weekend. This keeps happening. So somebody is going there and setting fire to it. I like the fact it's just a continuous cycle. Someone puts that in and literally as soon as you go out, someone sets fire to it again. Firefighters were called to the dump in Cornwall Drive, St Paul's Cray, in the early hours of yesterday morning, May 8th, and spent an hour tackling the blaze. 1% of waste of fuel, 18 tonnes of waste, was ablaze. Set London Fire Brigade sent two engines after receiving reports the rubbish heap was smouldering after 5.50am and used a jet reel to extinguish the flames. Later that day, a second br- blaze broke out near a kebab shop in Bromley. Right, <laughs> eh? Surely those two things aren't connected. A shed was alight by Aphis Aphis Takeaway in Chatterton Road, just before 7.40. London Fire Brigade sent two engines and the blaze under control by 7.55. I mean, that is it. I just love the image of this towering rat infest. Can you imagine the rats burning, Rob? It does kind of remind me of The Simpsons. You remember The Simpsons had the the tire fire? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just imagine that. A couple of comments. Madras says, Google it and you'll find it's not used by anyone. Waste for fuel abused whatever licence they had to create an illegal pile of waste and then the company folded and everyone did a runner and left the council to sort out the oh, mess. I love that. So literally, some, it's, well, yeah, so no one owns it. Yep. And uh, there, there were a few um, anti-immigration comments. I don't know how you thought how, they How could, do you relate yeah, that? I'm not going to mention them, but they were quite, quite vicious. And Penzance Pirate finally says, this sad, disgraceful saga reeks of corruption. So he obviously knows a little bit more Rob than we do. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. Yeah, but before I do that, um, I need to address Craig directly because this comes from the Wales Online. And Craig, you didn't spot this. And I saw this on Twitter and I thought... This maybe it's been a busy week in the abattoir. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, maybe he's, he's had a few extra carries and they need to... Uh, um, what's the word? Kill. Um, so, unfortunately, the headline has been cut off my little app. So, but I, I mean... Off your lap? My little, little, little app. Oh. That's my app that I use. So it hasn't got the headline of the story. You said lap. Oh, well, well, okay, it's been cut off my lap. Um, 
Which is fine because it doesn't. I don't think. I mean, the details on the story anyway, and also the headline. Why were you visiting the Wales online? Because I heard about this story, and I wanted to find a local news source, Mm. and the Wales online, as always, provided. So, I'm going to go straight on for this. This story is from the uh, 4th of April this year. It's by uh, Liz Keane. And I'm just going to go, so there's no headline, I'm just going to go straight into it. I'm proud if you didn't, just, just do the story. Right, okay. Biscuit thieves who targeted, who targeted a January Dodger factory have been jailed for a total of more than 11 years. <laughs> what? Some of the gang from Liverpool, who calmly drove into the Burton Food Factory at Cumbran, then out again with £200,000 worth of treats... Shouted out, anyone, anyone wants a biscuit? As they were being led away to the cells. <laughs> Can I just ask, Rob? <laughs> why, why would you still try to... Th- what were they planning on doing with them? I, I don't know. They just love jammy dodgers. They stole 20... They're jammy dodgers, aren't they? Well, they're not jammy because they've gone to jail. No, no. Very good, very good. Hey. Cardiff Crown Court heard how traffic cameras and mobile sites had helped track those as they drove in convoy from the home city to South Wales, literally driving lorries just full of biscuits, um, on June the 17th last year. They it's not to... quite as serious as my guys who were last week who were importing those guns. No, no. Which is amazing when you think about it because they were just imbeciles by the sound of it, although maybe these guys were as well. Um, they used a tractor and trailer unit stolen uh, previously in Kent and a missing network rail crew bus which had false number plates. Mm. Prosecutor Jason Howell said one of them drove up to the gates of the Burton plant in uh, Tycoway? Tycockway? I don't know. Uh, in Cumbran. Oh, right. I thought it was in the Philippines or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is okay. <laughs> Tycockway, did you say? Tycockway. That's in Bangkok, isn't it? <laughs> so they drove up to Tycockway, Cumbran, where wagon, where wagon wheels were also made. Ah. At 2.15, telling the security guard it was their first visit there. Wearing a high-visity tabard, he was allowed through and went to the distribution office, saying he had come for a load for Liverpool. At 3.10, he, ro- he rode back through the gatehouse and left past the guard who thought he'd made a legitimate pickup. Uh, he left one uh, stolen trailer behind and t- took another. The £10,000 worth of Jammy Dodger trailer was, left found, was later found abandoned and its entire stock of biscuits and other foods had disappeared. Well, what the, where, what would they, if he needed a truck that big, what would they have loaded them onto? Don't know. They couldn't a just really fit it all the back. They couldn't have just fit it all in the back of a Ford Fiesta, could they? I love that they did. Literally, there's a Ford Fiesta just crammed full of packs of Jamie Dodgers. This is a very mysterious crime. I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah, well, possibly, possibly. Um, eleven years between them, or eleven years each. Eleven years between them. Oh, thank God for that. That that would be harsh. <laughs> they have variously admitted charges of theft, theft of vehicles, theft by finding and allowing themselves to be carried in vehicles taken without consent. Edgerton and Paul Price also admitted handling and the theft of a tractor and trailer containing. I missed this first around. The theft of a tractor and trailer containing £43,000 worth of lager <laughs> a month before the trip to Cumbran. It's a good episode, Tile. They were, were they just going to have a piss up and, and eat jammy dodgers? It sounds great, doesn't it? I think that's the perfect picnic. Just lager, lager and jammy dodgers. Um, the larger trailer was one dumped off at the Burton site in exchange for the one oh for the four one containing biscuits and in turn was abandoned lay by after being emptied. The network rail crew bus had paperwork and number plates in which it had been removed. A defence lawyer said that not all the defence were involved in planning of the thefts, but each had played their role. And that's the end of that story. Um, and so we have no explanation for them why they stole them or what they were planning on doing with them. No. 
What are they just going to do? Sell them a packet of time on eBay for a 50p markup? Yeah, I think so. That sounds legit. You can make a bit of profit off that. I mean, look, it's not exactly the most well-engineered crime. Okay, yes, they stole a load of vehicles. But literally, they drove, they drove over the front <laughs> gate and the fucking security guard let them through. <laughs> Good point. Okay, Rob, how many more, with time for lunchtime life, which has been a regular over the last few weeks, how many more of these have you got? Because you suspected there was a treasure trove more to be found. Well, I don't know, but I think there's, there's, there is a few so more. So you haven't investigated it, as you said you Well, wanted. I've got one. So right. yeah, oh, okay. I found this one. Um, Tell people what Lunchtime Life is. Lunchtime Life is this fantastic article where we think... In the actually, Derby Telegraph. In the Derby Telegraph. In the Derby Telegraph. In the Derby, yeah. Um, where we think it's a team of journalists go out on their lunch break to try and find what sights and sounds they can um, record as news. It's just uh, random observations. Basically. And, uh, and it's the mo- it's, it's the worst piece of local... Jo- or the best, depending on your point of view, journalism ever written. Yeah. Interestingly, this actually has a journalist listed. So this is from... They've uh, never admitted it before. No. This is from Cheryl Haig this time. When was this one written? Because they're all back in the archives. They don't do it anymore, unfortunately. No. This is August uh, August 20th, 2015. So if anybody's interested, this is what was happening on a lunch break in Derby on that date. Mm. So lunchtime life in Derby. A Native American and a mobile bil- a, sorry, a mobility scooter, which looked like a toy shop. That's a very good episode, Tal. Well, an American Indian and a mobile scooter look like a uh, look like a toy shop. Yeah, toy we shop. are inundated this week with episode titles. Okay, that's a very good one. It is actually. It is quite good. Um, Did it say an American Indian? And a, no, a Native American. Good. good yes. yes. A Native American. And a mo- Just to be PC, you know. Of course. And a mobility scooter draped with teddy bears are among the things our, our reporters spotted around Derby this lunchtime. Number one, the man trying to look cool, shopping with his earphones in and his shades on inside the intro centre. Seriously, mate, leave it to the rock stars. People do that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Don't ruin it. Two, the lovely Wendy Fletcher Bagably of Cheddarsden, whose mobility scooter brought a smile to my face. It was decorated with dozens of teddy bear key rings. Number three, work has been taken and taking place on the Krispy Kreme Donut School, which is due to open in Donut the, School store. Sorry, I thought you did say school because no. that is a very odd. Uh, which is due to open in the intro centre on August 27th. I feel like Homer Simpson. Mmm. I don't think they should be advertising Krispy Kremes, but okay. I don't think they care, Alex. Number four. The roads and roads of Christmas cards. If it was in The Simpsons, it would be called Krusty Kremes. Yeah, that's true. It would be all right. Number four. The roads and roads of Christmas cards on sale at Car Factory. Please, we are still uh, officially enjoying the summer holidays. Number five. In, con- in contrast, the gelateria ice cream van at the spot was doing a brisk trade in the sunshine. Number six, the young man who said hi to his uh, said hi to me while his friend was grinning ear to ear. Please, son, I'm old enough to be your mother. It's obviously this, <coughs> this teenage boy was obviously hitting this reporter as she walked past. Not hitting on her, not hitting her. No, not physically. No, yeah. no. Number seven. The grandparents whose heartstrings were poured into buying their little one a helium balloon featuring Dora the Explorer. Like the Spanish cartoon, they should have said, they should have said Vamoose. Number eight. The shop assistant in the parent store who patiently explained to a customer why three items at the, the, the shop cost in total three pounds. <laughs> okay, that one's quite good. <laughs> Number nine. I think this person's got a bit more of a sense of humour about Do you think? Them. Yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. tell? They're a bit more... It's a bit more upbeat. Number nine, the man dressed as a Native American Indian outside St. Peter's Church. 
playing traditional pipes to promote his dream catcher and bracelet store. He was certainly entertaining the shoppers and those sat outside Costa. I just like that if that sentence ended with a vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. The charity shop says that it doesn't sell fur, but they do sell furry teddies. Good on you, Shelter. That one makes no sense whatsoever. That makes, that makes no sense whatsoever. Of course it does. How does it not make sense? It doesn't sell fur, but they sell furry teddies. Good on them. Yeah. Obviously, they're, they're supporting the fact that, obviously, the fur trade is cruel to animals. But, they, they, you know, these... I don't think they're, they're, they're real animal pelts on these teddy bears. I mean, they could be. But. You and I have discussed doing our own lunchtime life when these run out. Yeah. Which will be our own random observations throughout the week. Ten of them. Should we do it? Well, yeah, but when those run out. Okay, I mean, we've got a few weeks yet, but I mean, we could start taking notes. Well, no, I wanted to be in the space of a week, Do you, one week. So, are we talking are we between talking podcasts? Each between each podcast, we get our own random observations. But are we just going to take one specific day each? No, no, I think we can collect them throughout the week. But the trouble is, you and me will tend, probably tend to. Yeah, we will just have to see how it works. So we'll see if it's like everything. It might be a feature that lasts one week, or it might last an eternity, Rob. Yeah, there's, like, there's more than one I can think of that's, well, at least feels like it lasts an eternity. Yeah, yeah. It usually comes near the end. Yeah, yeah. Not sure what you mean, but... Uh... Fair enough. Okay, Rob, it is time <clears throat> for general anaesthetic. <clears throat> You've got to wipe no clap properly. I'm clapping properly. Um, and, and you know what that is? That is where we discuss... Rob, Rob likes a feature, he just doesn't like clapping. And it's uh, where we discuss a national news story. That's why it's called General Anaesthetic. And it's a, it's a pity we had this delay because of you. But um, <laughs> obviously we've had the local elections. We've got Sadiq Khan. I was about to say, if, if anything, can we at least give her an applaud to, to Sadiq Khan? Who feels that I feel Ash deserves it. Really? Okay, let's not. I didn't vote for Sadiq Khan. I can't vote because I don't live in London, so... Oh, really? Do you know why I didn't vote for Sadiq Khan? Because of the way that he, that he joined in with all the rest of the Labour lot with this whole anti-Semitism thing. I thought that, that just that I thought was really exposing as just being like any other politician. So he, he completely lost my vote after that. Okay. I vote for the Green Party. Which made no You're bit of difference. <laughs> Am I? But I voted for Labour in all the council. Things. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I did also. I did vote for the the because uh, we we were. And I voted for George Galloway as my second preference because I thought that would just be amazingly funny if he was mayor. I mean, that's that's a terrifying prospect. I must admit. Yeah. We were encouraged to vote for the Essex uh, was it crime and oh, policing and crime commissioner, what the fuck it's called. Which I literally had no idea. We had, we'd had no publicity about any of the candidates. So I literally turned up on the day, hadn't heard of any of their names, and just voted for the Labour candidate. Good for you. Who lost? Blind, blind loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> Who lost? Right, Rob. But the point is, we got Sadiq Khan as the Mayor of London. And I, by the way, the, the campaign that was run by Zach Goldsworth and the Tories was obscene. It was disgusting. And how they have the gall to, to be accusing Labour of anti-Semitism when they have run a racist, xenophobic campaign is beyond me. But that's what we're going to talk about, Rob. Not that specifically. We're going to talk about so anti-Semitism issue. Okay. So it might be the most serious we've ever got. Because I was happened to be I happened to be working from home on the day that Ken Livingston started going around the studios to defend Nash Shah. I saw every interview as it happened live, because I'm very keyed up on the whole news. I saw the whole sorry saga unfold. As it all slowly so fell let, apart. So let's give people some background about this, right? Nash Shah is she now suspended, but 
a Labour MP mm-hmm. who, funnily enough, was elected in George Galloway's old seat. Really? Yeah, he lost out to her. Yeah. Oh, it was Bradford, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And she has a big Muslim population. She is Muslim. She's a Muslim woman. So, I mean, for her to, to attain, you know, this high office of an MP is a really good thing. Hmm. But what happened was somebody on Earth um, tweets or Facebook posts or whatever, Facebook posts that she'd made uh, like a couple of years before becoming an MP. I think they were like 2012. I can't exactly remember when. Yeah. And the, the, the Pacific one that got her into hot water was she had tweeted an image, which she'd got from somewhere else. I'm going to talk about that later, of Israel being shown within the United States. Uh, she didn't make it. She'd taken it from somewhere else where it suggested that, you know, Israel is most popular in the US, so it should be the US state and maybe Israel should be moved to the United States. Okay. And there was some other thing that she'd said somewhere as well and that people deemed this anti-Semitic and she was, and there was a lot of pressure put on Corbyn to suspend her, which he did. Yeah. And then Ken Livingstone does an interview on the radio where... Because he was asked about Nashar, because he was going on there to defend her and say, look, I know Naz, she's not an anti-Semite. And he said, in all my years of Labour Party, I've never personally heard any anti-Semitic remarks. And the thing which then got him into hot water was they mentioned something that she'd remarked on about Hitler or something she'd posted about that. And he, and he said the words, God, I've listened to this many times, he said the words along the, well, it was along the lines of, he just started going off on 20. He said, well, you've got to remember that, that Hitler in the 30s, in the early 30s, was a supporter of Zionism. He wanted to deport all the Jews, that was seized upon, mm. as Ken Livingston <coughs> says, Hitler was a Zionist. Yeah, yeah. And Ken Livingston then, Ken Livingston is a man who lacks a lot of common sense. Yeah. I like Ken Livingston, but he cannot apologise and he lacks common sense because he decided then to go on the Daily Politics with Nick Clegg sitting, uh, Rob, I wish you'd sent the link I watched you, because it, 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 it's half an hour of brilliant comedy. He repeated all this thing with Nick Clegg sitting there, and Nick Clegg, has, in exasperation, had to say to him, look, Ken, you're a household name, you're an, experienced po- uh, you're an experienced politician, surely you must understand that in the context of this debate, debate mentioning Hitler, you just don't need to do it, but Ken, <laughs> would, Ken just kept going on and on and on. Yeah? yeah on and that. on and on. <clears throat> right? Then, then, he... Uh, I think it was the next day appeared on on LBC, be, on LBC, being interviewed by David Meller, who has a show on there. Because Ken they both do. They have a joint, yeah. it's a joint show. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Ke- uh, and David Meller was trying to get Ken Livingston, and they had, I think it was uh, one, a journalist there, like Michael Crick or somebody like yeah. that, trying to get Ken Livingston to apologise, which I think he was asked about 20 times. <laughs> it ended in complete farce, because you had David Miller going, look, Ken, I like you. We want to help you, Ken. Just say sorry for mentioning Hitler. <laughs> this is the quote. Just say sorry for mentioning Hitler. I'm not going to say sorry for... Do you, do you ever... I, I regret the fact that it's caused all this hullabaloo, but I'm not going to say sorry for speaking the truth. Ken Livingston, basically, the upshot of this all was Ken Livingston's ended up being suspended. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of pressure was pushed up, placed on Corbyn to do this. And the Tory... I mean, do you, do you feel it has been a smear campaign? Because what George Galloway, for example, has come out and said, and I do agree with him on this, he said this is a coup against... Jeremy Corbyn. Yes. This is a deliberate attempt to smear Corbyn with anti-Semitism, those people around him, because Ken Livingstone and, 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 and Jeremy Corbyn are incredibly close. Yeah, they're very good friends. And to smear, it's, it's coming from the Blairite wing to smear them and, and try and get him out of the equation. Yeah, it probably, it probably is a smear. Well, it's very difficult to say. I mean, we know for a fact that Corbyn, amongst the, the um, Parliamentary Labour Party, is widely a, a light. Because, because, people are, because people are saying there's now a problem in the left, a cancer in the left with anti-Semitism. Do you agree? No. 
I, I, well, what are your views on what Ken Livingstone said? I, Alex, I, I haven't seen enough of it to really give it any proper justification. Well, I'm telling, giving you the quote. The only quote which really landed him in hot water was the original one he made, that Hitler was a supporter of Zionism in the early My 30s. question is, why would you bring Hitler into the equation? Well, this is, this is one thing that George Galloway doesn't understand, because he says I was asked a direct question. Which yeah. he was, it was, uh, and he answered it. But he didn't need to mention it. I think in the way that he did. The problem with Kellington is what he doesn't realise is: yes, something can be factually accurate, but your timing of it and to mention it in that context is insensitive because somebody's mother might have just died, yeah. but you don't say your mother's dead. No, that is strictly correct, but you don't say it at that moment or in that way. Now. The reason I'm talking about all of this is because I do want to have a conversation about Israel. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not Jewish, but I have some Jewish lineage. I think I do somewhere as well. Through my... uh, It's not a competition, Rob. Through my... I I have more. (laughs) Through my... But yet through my... Uncle Goldstein. Is that true? No. (laughs) (laughs) My mother's side. Yeah, because my grandfather was Cowan. Oh, okay. Because the name was changed from Cohen. Oh, right, okay. That's interesting. By his parents when they came over. So I've got like an eighth or something, you know? Yeah. If you could class it like that. So, but, I mentioned that just just to be transparent. I always take, try and take a very balanced position on this. And I do think there is a fundamental issue with how Israel is discussed. Mm-hmm. The reason being is this. Zionism is the the idea that the Jewish people should have an ancestral homeland. Of course, yeah. Broadly speaking. But there are different kinds of Zionism. So it isn't a helpful phrase to use as a block phrase. There are different kinds of Zionism and a lot of disagreements between people. There's religious Zionism, mm. you know? And even that, there'll be liberal or orthodox or whatever. Yeah. There'll be different kinds of political Zionism. <clears throat> we know, when we talk about Jewish people in Israel, and Israel, there are a lot of people in Israel just like this country, have wildly differing opinions. Of course. So there'll be people who live in Israel who vehemently disagree with Israel's policies, and there'll be people who completely believe in them. So what I guess I'm saying is it's a very much more complex and multifaceted situation people do give credit for. And when people do band around the word, like Zionist, I'm anti-Zionist, it's like saying, how can can you be anti-Zionist? Because Zionism has so many different facets. There might be part of Zionism, if you knew about it, or you might agree with, and part of it you don't. And so I do think people get on very dodgy ground when they talk about this. I'm not talking about Ken Livingston so much, although I do think some things Ken Livingston has said. For example, he gave a recent interview where he said he believed the creation of the Israeli state when it was created was a catastrophe. And he believes that because, you know, it took away land from the Palestinians, you know, your common arguments. And I think that is a well-held belief amongst the liberal left. You've got Israel there, that they are brutally oppressing the Palestinians. You know, you get languages like, you know, there's a prison camp that's Gaza. It's Mm. an apartheid state. People will often then raise a spectre of Nazi Germany and say what the Jews, what Israel are doing, sorry, is the equivalent of what Nazi Germany were doing. The problem I have with all of this is this. There's a disproportionate amount of focus placed on Israel compared to other countries in the world Mm. for our ire. Israel is a state now. You can go back and rake over whether or not it should... We, you know, we're responsible for creating it. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> we can go back and rake over whether or not it was a good idea to do it. But it's done now. They're, they are a country. Mm. And they're a young country. So you can't kind of say now, well, actually, 
I think it was a mistake, and actually, you know, we need to. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you can do that. I think you've just got to recognise the reality for what it is. Yeah. Secondly, what you have to recognise when you're thinking about Israel is when you when we criticise and when you get a lot of people in the liberal left criticise and what I often wonder is I'm not saying we can't criticise other states for what they do, but the language that we use in reference to what Israel does about the settlements and about the way the attacks on Gaza and everything else, we are an island nation. We're not surrounded on all sides. We don't have any cause to build a wall or encroach upon other people's land. We can't even if we wanted to. Mm. But we p- pursue, along with the United States, quite brutal imperialist endeavours yeah. to this current day where we do set a- a- up what may as well be outposts of Britain in other nations. We do suppress the local populace. We treat the people of various countries no better than Israel are treating the people of Gaza. So what you're saying is, is it's hypocritical for us as a developed nation to be well. Look at what we do. Well, Israel is a young nation. Mm. What the hell did we do when we were a young nation? We've been appalling nation. And it's also fair to say, a young nation, we actually, as you said before, had actually a hand in creating. creating yeah, as well. and young nations are going to have a birthing process. But the other thing to remember is this: my problem with when people talk about Israel Palestine is I've got a great. Uh, you know, I have a lot of problems with the way the Israeli government acts. Of course I do. But why I always try and bring balance into it is, number one, is you've got to try and put yourself in the hands, in the shoes of people who live in Israel. This is a country, whether or not you agree with whether or not it's there, it is there, that is surrounded on all sides by people who don't really want it to be there. <laughs> on every side. Now, that's going to make you quite paranoid. And you're going to be quite paranoid if you've got a history throughout your, uh, throughout your uh, sort of ancestry of being ruthlessly persecuted and, and also for the biggest act of mass genocide to have been committed against your particular people. So you're already going to be feeling sensitive. Yeah. So one of the responses to that might be, I'm going to build a wall to protect myself. That's understandable. When you have got rocket attacks coming in, now, you can say, well, that, you know, that's because uh, the people of Gaza or people of Palestine are trying to fight back against this depression. But at the same time, that's also not helping the situation because it's just fueling the conflict. It's fueling this sense in Israel that we've got to protect ourselves. People say in, in all of these wars, they're not really wars, in all of these conflicts, the amount of Palestinians who die compared to the amount of Israelis is unbelievably disproportionate. That, that was going to be my point. That's what I've always heard. Yeah, well, it's but, true. But yeah. that's the same with every war that we commit. Yeah. We might lose 20 soldiers and slaughter 1,000 to 100,000 Iraqis. Mm. So what I'm saying is, please, because I, there is something about Jewishness and anti-Semitism, I think, which does go to the heart of this, because why is Israel singled out in this way? You know, we say we're going to boycott goods from Israel. When you will happily buy goods from your own country, when we're off slaughtering children and babies in Iraq, Afghanistan... And God knows where else. I think that's a good point. Why are you make, getting all uppity and saying, I'm not going to buy goods from Marks and Spencers, but you're going to buy goods from... Wait, it doesn't make any sense. No. That, 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 that I guess, is the, crux, is, is the crux of my point. To understand, to understand that conflict, to understand how it's going to be resolved, number one, we've got to look at ourselves, but number two, you've got to, we've got to look at the context of the people who live there. And the other argument you could make is that a lot of people don't die in Israel because they take precautions. You know, they've got concrete bus shelters, they've got lots of things. They scramble to things when the air raid sounds go off and rockets are coming over. If in Britain we live surrounded by nations 
on every side and nobody wanted us here. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of rhetoric about how awful we were and people wish we would piss off. And you could be walking... You could in, argue that, that I think that already exists. <laughs> we're not surrounded. We're no, an island nation. No, and if we were getting rockets coming into London and other places, mm. I, I, I think we would respond in exactly the same way. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that I actually think there is a problem. I don't think it's a left problem. I think it's a problem all the way through the discourse about how we speak about this and that there are, you know, that that to me feels completely hypocritical. The state of Israel is, as we know, fantastically wealthy, and it is. I mean, it has a lot of... uh of uh, backing from other nations, the America being one of them. And that's because they're trying to support the only democracy in that area. Yeah, okay. That's Which we know we tend to do anyway, because, I mean, case in point would be Iraq. We obviously go in there and try to implement democracy, which then fails miserably. But my other concern is that the, the state of Palestine uh, doesn't have the same backing. No has to defend itself in the best way it possibly no, can. No, I do. I believe that it would help Palestine to be a state, yeah. And this is... Because obviously, it was it was recognised in the UN that Palestine was was its own state, which Israel refused to acknowledge. And I just think, if... The, I think a lot of it would be, if Israel could could appreciate that, yes, they are... And I, I fully support an Israeli state, but I'd also fully support... Palestinian okay. state. About what I'm saying on this, and I'm coming at it from a different perspective. You see, I'm saying that actually, I believe that the only way that's that, that that's going to happen is if all those countries surrounding Israel actually come out in a unified way and say, "We support the right of Israel to we support the right of Israel to exist. We don't want to see you wiped off the face of the map." And it, and it, and that that the, the owners should also be on them to extend the hand and say, "Okay," and then this is what we want from you in return. Because I think the only way Israel are going to get to that position is if they feel secure because i think their problem is is that if they start recognizing this start recognizing that allow iran to have nuclear weapons all the rest of it the paranoia begins to creep back in that they are going to be eradicated mm. there's a, i remember going to see a fantastic one-man show by the, the, the fantastic playwright david Hare called where should we live which again is this it was solely based around the israeli-palestinian conflict and um the disparities between the two states um, which I really and he actually released the play script and I really would recommend to anyone just to go and read because it is incredible okay that was a very long segment Rob it was I'm not sure we've solved the Israel-Palestine question but I did want to bring a bit of balance to it uh, yeah I understand that which I've got a lot of flack for before from people but uh, I believe it's very important to uh, to understand this fully listeners we sincerely hope you are still with us because there's still a list of stories to come yeah Okay, Rob and I are aboard a Boeing, going God knows where. Don't know why Rob said we need to get on board this plane for Rob to read me out this listener story of the week. And who's it by? This week, it's uh, it's from Shay again. In no, New- it's not. I do apologise. It's not from Shay at all. It's from Kyber. <laughs> Sorry, Kyber. Where does Shay live again? Bristol. Bristol. Yeah, but this is this is from Shay. No, Kyber. Kyber, damn Derby. It. Sorry, it's been a long Kyber, time. Kyber from Derby. Yes, but it isn't from Derby, it's from, it's from the Birmingham Mail. Has Kyber told us what he does for a living yet? Uh, no. no, he hasn't actually, that's a good point. I'll, I'll keep chasing on that. Uh, and he might be unemployed and that's fine too. Yeah, absolutely. So this is from the Birmingham Mail. Uh, unfortunately, I've lost the headline again, but um, hopefully the gist of it will be in the story. Um, it's from the 28th of April, so very, well, was relevant. Um... So I'm playing on the drops at the sky, but I think this is a bit better one. 
Yeah, I like that. That's good. It's a bit loud. We're going through turbulence. Okay. So the stu- uh, the journalist is Alison Stacy, and I said that we haven't got the headline, but uh, we'll just go straight into the story. Rob, this is just white noise in the background. What would you like there now? Come on. Well, what else we had this week? Israel Palestine. Let's not use any gunfire. Uh, what have we had? Rubbish pile. Shit. Burning. Cats. Jammy Dodgers. Lorry sounds. Can we just have some birds for a change? Just some lovely birds. What's that got to do with shit? Well, it's summer. No, it's not. It's spring. Birds return from their winter break. It'd be nice to celebrate spring. It's lovely. This is some relaxation sounds. That's lovely, Al. I want that. Just take a moment to listen. I feel better already. It's making me need the bathroom. Well, just we're nearly there, so just hold it a bit longer. It was Vegas or bust for a couple who booked flights to the US gambling mecca from the wrong Birmingham. I never understand why people say gambling mecca. You know, mecca is the holy... It's a pilgrimage. It's a place of pilgrimage. I know, but just, just because it's odd, because... Because... Islam is anti-gambling. I always find it an odd phrase to use. You know, like Mecca bingo is really inappropriate. Yeah. I don't think they care, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't call... <laughs> you you wouldn't call the butchers Temple of Solomon Pork Emporium. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, you might. <laughs> you might, but... It's good to know that. Uh, so, Rochella Keehan and Ben Marlowe only realised a mistake when they turned up at the airport to fly out for their £1,200 break. The devastated t- couple were told that their flights were departing from Birmingham, Alabama, instead of its West Midlands namesake. How the hell did they make that mistake? Because you put some line, apparently you didn't bother to check. <laughs> um, and no refund was available. Ben said, When we turned up at the airport, we couldn't find the flight details anywhere. We approached one of the desks and were told that our holiday was booked from Alabama. I was gutted. More for my partner than me. She had told everyone and she was really upset. She was distraught and she didn't know what to do. Hapless Rachel from Sutton Coldfield booked the trip... Hapless, she really is hapless. <laughs> from Sutton Coldfield booked the trip through lastminute.com as the 30th birthday surprise for Ben. Is it just me? I have absolutely no desire to go to Las Vegas whatsoever. I've been when, I was, been? Okay. Yeah, when I was 17. Is it impressive? So I couldn't gamble. It's like a Disneyland for adults. It's right, not okay. the sort of place you'd want to live. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I can believe that. She kept her secret for more than a year before revealing the present at a bash in front of their friends and family. They flew to Amsterdam instead after last minute said no to said no to the refund. Ben said, It's a common mistake apparently, but if that's the case, the company's website should make it more clear. So when they saw Birmingham and then probably in brackets L-A-A-L-A, what did they think it meant? Well, there's a, there's a video attached to this and she said apparently it didn't say anything like this, it just said Birmingham. And I, I can't believe that. No, I can't, I can't believe, believe that. I cannot believe it. They would have had the address of the airport, everything. It's embarrassing because everyone's really happy for us. They just oh. going to <laughs> it wasn't a honeymoon or anything, was it? No, no, no. 30th birthday. Okay. Uh, we were just going to have to start saving from scratch again. Lastminute.com said the, the drop-down menu on its website made it cl- a clear distinction between the two airports. A spokesman said, while well, an air on our behalf, we do feel very sorry for Rochella and Ben, only uh, realising their choice of departure was incorrect once at the airport. This is, the, the, this is when they, customer, they contacted our customer service who did their best to assist them on the day of travel. Well, they didn't because they didn't really just refuse a blank refund, point blank. Um, 
However, there are no flights available, so that we could have booked them onto an alternative. We take customer satisfaction very seriously and committed to always finding the best possible solution. Uh, however, it's not the first time the two uh, Burmese have caused confusion. In 2008, Burmese City Council admitted sending out thousands of lease alerts bearing the US city's skyline. What? How the hell would you make that mistake? When you vet a leaflet before it if went you're out. the city council, surely someone went, I don't recognise these skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure there's this many skyscrapers in Birmingham? This is absurd. <laughs> Around 720,000 pamphlets praising residents for the cycling were sent out at the cost of £15,000. <laughs> and in 2004... Who says there's not local government waste? <laughs> And in 2004, the authority plugged, plugged a, bridal fair, a bridal fair in Birmingham, Alabama, on the events section of its website. I mean, surely that's more to do with Birmingham City Council. I mean, why would you not check this beforehand? How do you not notice this? What a brilliant story. Yeah, no comments, unfortunately. Yeah, well, and they, they were from Birmingham. They were from Birmingham, yes, yeah. It makes it all the more believable. I, I would like to distance myself from, from Al's comments, especially, uh, I think, Phil, that uh, as your comments have been so um, uh, evenly judged, I think... Uh, I've so let myself ahead. down. Yeah, yeah, you really have. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not a politician. So let's move away from this brook, Rob, and we'll try and get back to proper sound effects next week. But the, the cabin noise wasn't helping the sound quality of our podcast. No, I agree. On that note, Rob, we have to leave episode 178 behind, Rob. And uh, we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 178, as we move ever more forward like... Like... Uh, Peter, someone who's managed to drive a, a truckload of Jerry, Dod- Jerry Dodgers past an incompetent security guard. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Just like that. We move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be episode 179. It will be, yes. Episode 179. All that remains then, Rob, is to say goodbye to this, to this episode. Bye, Rob! Bye, episode. It was quite intense this week. It has been a bit full on, and I've had a really long day, so I apologise to listeners, I've been really tired, and then this, this kind of shit doesn't help. Why are you looking perturbed? No, I don't think it's perturbed as such, I think it's, it's more sort of um, silent annoyance. I thought that we got quite far in solving the Israel-Palestine conflict. Nope, that's about as far as we've managed to resolve the conflict between you and me. Bye! See ya. Bomb you. <laughs> we found on our website, which is earlypodcast.net. We're on facebook.com. It's, really, it's been a long day. We're I on told you it's on the way over, and still. We're, we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LAPodcast. We can be found on Twitter at, at LAPodcast. If you go to iTunes and you search for Alex and Rob or local news or LA Podcast. Can I suggest? Rob, this, this is an important bit. I, I you can find all of our episodes and download them. And please hit subscribe and please leave us a review. Or you can go to our website, LAPodcast.net, and download all of the episodes. And if you want to tweet us, tweet us. If you want to post on Facebook, post us. But if you want to email us in a story, you can do it like that. Or you can email us at LAPodcast.net at gmail.com. That's LAPodcast.net at gmail.com. Now, before I was really yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to, I was going to propose a feature. And now, now this might... You are going to propose to the episode? No. no. Um... This may go nowhere, but uh, listeners, if you have a spare few minutes, why not send us your pictures of what you feel the episode looks like? <laughs> Don't hold back with any swear words, but yeah, I think it'd be a nice feature. So if you have a few, a picture of what you think the episode looks yeah, like. Yeah, draw us a picture of what you think the episode. I mean, and I will show you what the episode looks like next week. Okay. 
Yeah, we can see what they think it looks like, and I will show you what it actually looks like next week. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to reveal myself, Rob. No, no, I was about to say, yeah, I'm getting concerned then. God bless. And keep it local.